This is the GGC Life Podcast. Father, I just thank you for every single person in this room. Lord, I thank you that you sent your beautiful son to get ripped apart on the cross for us. We thank you. Holy Ghost, we just welcome you to have your way. We just pray against every spirit of distraction and complacency to leave this room right now in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Yesterday was a very special day for me. Uh, My message today is called The One. And yesterday I drove down to Wollongong and I had a coffee with the man who led me to Jesus 25 years ago. It was so beautiful. I hadn't seen him for 25 years. He's a pastor of a church down there. And it was so amazing just, uh, you know, he remembered me walking into the church that night. He remembered as he was preaching and I'm just bawling my eyes out. He called me out of the mid-sermon. He called me out. I didn't want to respond at all. I was so embarrassed. I just didn't want to go anywhere near him. But you see, that night, 25 years ago, just down the road in Wollongong, Jesus lassoed my heart. He pulled me down to the front of that church. And that night, I met Jesus. You see, no one's that lost that they can't be found. No one is that broken that they can't be fixed. No one is that hurt in this room that you can't be healed. Jesus loves you. He's got such a plan for your life. But here's the deal. You can know a lot about him without knowing him at all. My question is, do you know Jesus? Or do you just know a lot of stuff about him? I can remember uh, about eight months ago, I was in up on the Sunshine Coast and we planned to do this outreach and we were doing an evangelism school and I had this idea. I'm a bit of an ideas kind of guy and Breezy, my wife, she actually calls herself the ideas filter, which is interesting. It's quite weird. I was talking to her this morning. I said, Breezy, I haven't got any Easter eggs. And she said, good. And then the phone just went super quiet. I thought, oh, wow, I don't think I get any Easter eggs this Easter. And she, uh, she mentioned, remember, you're on a diet. So she's my dietitian, also the filter. And uh, I see Breezy, I've got this idea. When we, when we do this outreach on the streets and uh, on the Sunshine Coast, there's a place called Aloo with a View. It's an amazing place to open-air preach. Not be weird and waffle on for a half an hour, just, just to share about the love about Jesus out loud. I kind of love doing that. And uh, so I thought... What we need to do is we need to draw, because there's so many people on the beach, we need to draw them in so they can hear the message. And I said, Breeze, check this out. What we're going to do is, uh, you know those bottles that they use on film sets? We're going to get one of those. And uh, and I'm going to get a friend of mine, another Aussie evangelist, and I'm going to start preaching, and he's going to start heckling me. And I said to him, bro, don't wear a Christian T-shirt. We're like an Iron Maiden t-shirt, which you probably don't know what that is. It's a bad band. We're, one, we're a bad band t-shirt. Don't wear a Christian t-shirt. And, uh, and it, so we, we prepped the students at the school. 
Half of them, I want you to be on my side and go, come on, brother, preach it. Yes, amen. And then the other half, I want you to go, come on, shut up, sit down. We don't want to hear this. And that will help draw the crowd. I thought this was a great idea. And then I said, Lee, what I want you to do, big, loud voice and say, hey, tough guy, come down here if your God's that real. And then I'll come down. And then I want you to bottle me in the head and I'll fall over pretending. And then you stand up and preach Jesus. Awesome plan. Bree said, don't do it. You'll end up in jail. And I thought, well, we could do a cell group. That'd be cool. So we, we went, went to, did the school. We hit the streets. We uh, were all about to do it. And then the wind, there was a, a wind change and the wind was so strong. You just couldn't open air preach. So I said to the guys, I said, hey, so what we're going to do now, we're just going to go out and just share one-on-one. Just be normal. Just be a normal Christian. Go and get your hair cut. Go, go and get lunch. Just be normal. Don't do outreach. Just go and be an outreach. And, uh, and so that was cool. So I wanted to pass this, these teenagers. I said, hey, guys, how are you? And they go, yeah, cool. I said, I just want you to know Jesus loves you. Oh, yeah, whatever, mate. I said, he died. He changed my life. Oh, I'm not interested, mate. I said, really, would you like to bottle me? Because I still had the bottle. And... Uh, <laughs> And he goes, yeah, that'd be sick. And he said, could we film it? And I said, yeah, film it. That'd be awesome. And I said, but here's the deal. If you bottle me and your friends film it, that's cool. But then I have to pray for you. That's the deal. You bottle me, I pray for you. Deal? Deal. So he uh, bottled me. Actually really hurt. It surprised me how much it hurt. And then we got to pray for him. Now, this was a young 16-year-old boy on his 16th birthday. And as we were praying for him, you could physically feel the love of the Father just kissing him. It was so beautiful. And then after three or four minutes, I asked him a question. Same question I'm going to ask you shortly. I said, so bro, what are you going to do with Jesus? And he said, I want to give my life to Jesus. You see, we went into the mall for the crowd. We went in to do a big outreach. But the Father wanted us to go after the one the one. He left the 99 to go after the one. Check this little video out. God that changed my life. It's going to change your life. 
Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for him. I pray today that you would reveal yourself to him in such a powerful way. Lord, that this was not a coincidence today that he bottled a crazy Christian guy. But this is, this is just a, a beautiful picture of normal Christianity. Lord, show him how much you love him. Show him you've got a plan for his life. And I pray tonight, even as he sleeps, you'd reveal yourself to him tonight in your precious name. Amen. Okay. Amen. Can you pray for me? Because I want to be Lord, I thank you that your your word says you'll give us the desires of our hearts. Lord, that he wants to be an NRL rugby league. You make our dreams realities. Lord, but more importantly, show him deep in his heart how much you love him. Amen. God bless you, man. God bless you, bro. I was an honor to be bottled by you, bro. Yeah, how amazing is Jesus, eh? You see, that's not a picture of evangelism. That's a picture of normal Christianity. God wants to use you. See, the job of the evangelist is not to do that. Oh, my goodness. How horrible would that be? You go into a church of 100 people and say there's five evangelists, so you've got five out of 100 sharing the gospel. Why do we share the gospel? Because he's worthy. Because we love him. And as humans, we like talking about things and people we love. See, the deeper we go into him, the more he'll flow out of us. And then that private time, that intimate time, just you and Jesus, it's those precious moments that spill into places like that. It's the simplicity of it. Okay, so you've probably all heard this, uh, this story preached a million times. Acts 8.26, angel of the Lord comes to Philip and says, go down the desert road. Which I think is pretty interesting. Verse 27 says, he started out. And he, so the angel of the Lord comes to Philip and says, go. So Philip goes. Two thirds of God's name is go. He wants us going. Okay? If God asked me to go for a walk, and they reckon it was around 100 kilometers, I would probably ask why. I would probably say, what are we doing along the way? I would probably be checking my shoes to make sure they're comfy, making sure I've got water, da-da-da-da-da. I would have all these questions, but the angel of the Lord came to Philip and said, go, so he went. I think that's pretty cool. I think sometimes God will tell us to do something and if we let it sit for too long, we can talk ourselves out of it. What does that look like? So glad you asked. What's a shopping mall around here? Westfield. Okay, so you walk into Westfield today. You're walking on in. You go, Jesus, who should I talk to today? No one today. Have a day off. Do you think he's going to say that? He'll go, that one. Then he'll say, that one. Then he'll go, that one. Because he wants you sharing his glorious gospel wherever you go. He's interested in the one. So Philip ran up to the chariot where the eunuch was reading the book of Isaiah. You shared about it this morning. Isaiah 53, all about Jesus. Amazing, divine appointment. The eunuch said to, to Philip, he goes, hey, bro, is there any chance that you could baptize me? 
Philip goes, yeah, let's do this. He baptised him, bang. Beautiful encounter. That uh, eunuch took the gospel to Ethiopia. That eunuch was a big deal. He's a pretty serious dude. He takes the gospel into Ethiopia because one guy was obedient to God. The reason I say all that is to say this, because if we go to Acts 8 verse 4, so we'll go back over in time and see what's going on. It says, verse 6, when Philip is preaching in Samaria, it says, when the crowds heard Philip, saw the signs he performed, they paid close attention to what he said. So this is this young guy, before he goes on the 100K walk, he's preaching and people are are, are taking close attention to what he's saying. It says in verse seven, many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. But here's the kicker, verse eight. So there was great joy in the city. So you've got this young guy. He's a young guy. He's preaching in the city. There's great joy in the city. There's people being healed, set free, delivered. He's preaching Jesus. And I think for the Word of God to say there's great joy in the city, there must have been something pretty significant happening. We would probably call it revival. We would probably call it an awakening. We would probably call it a move of God. But this young man is just doing what God has called him to do. So when the angel of the Lord comes to him and goes, hey, I want you to go for a walk for 100 Ks, I wonder if he went, I'm more of a conference type of guy. I'm better with the crowds. And actually, it is written, the whole city is full of joy because I'm preaching. You know, would he have been tied up in churchianity? Would he have been tied up in all the the pride and the ego stuff? Or when the angel of the Lord said go, he just went. You see, I think that is such a beautiful picture of a young man having ministry success. And God goes, actually, I just want you to go after the one. So what does that look like in your world? Well, that could be look, look like sitting at home, pull your phone out, and you send someone a text message. Hey, I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. That could be like flicking an email. That could be like paying for someone's groceries. That could be like going somewhere knowing that you carry Christ in you. The Bible says it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. I remember that I was... It was a Friday night and I was at home and I just felt to text this guy. And sometimes it doesn't have to be all uber Christian-y and fluffy. Sometimes if you feel that God's on something, you don't need to add stuff to it to make it more palatable. Just whatever God tells you to do, just do it. You don't have to water it down. We seriously need to keep woke out of the church. Oh my goodness. We've got to keep preaching the gospel. Christ and Christ crucified. So I text him something like this. I can't really remember exact, the exact wording, but it was something like this. Hey, bro, your kids need you. Step up. Send. I had no idea what was happening in his, in his world at that time. Here's my last little video clip. Check this out. This is the guy that received the text message. It was Friday night. Um... I was uh, sitting on my uh, bed, had been through a really uh, tough patch, marriage separation, fighting over custody battle um, with my children, 
between himself and the ex-wife and um, just drove to a really, really dark place and I was sitting on my phone in my bed um, just at a point where I just had enough, sick of, sick of the hurt, sick of the pain, the frustration, didn't see any way out. I thought there's no, there's no way forward, I'm not going to say to my kids, my wife's over, marriage is over. I was sitting there googling ways to um, kill myself, to how to end, end my life. Then I get a message um, from Daz, your kids need you bro, um, step up and be a dad. Um, Dad's had no idea that I was in that dark little um, place. That was the only thing that stopped me from going ahead that night and for me to be here today. Just know that you can be in a really dark place. You know, God has a plan for your life and obviously it wasn't my time to go and and Dad's just had that feeling that he had to had to text me and God told him that he needed to. And, Praise God, I'm here today. Legit saved his life, man. One text message saved his life. If we could have the dude on keys, because it's going to start getting a bit real now. It saved his life. He was the one. He was the one in that moment. But here's the deal. One day... You were the one. One day he came and found you. One day he transformed your life. And I think so often we can get so busy with life, with these things here. We can sometimes forget that one day we were the one. One day He came and found us as we were bathing in in our own sin. One day He wrapped His arms around us. One day He changed our whole life. And if He did it for us, He can do it for them. And He wants to use you. I remember I was, uh, I had a bit of a rough year last year with health kidney stone and it was hectic man ended up having five operations it was a really really rough year and uh, and I travel full time this is how I live so feel free to buy a book on the way out it was a tough year man and I had a lot of questions because I'd be laying my, my mum was dying of cancer and we prayed for her and the cancer's gone freaked the doctors out. They scanned her and she got told she had 12 weeks to live. Go home, Mr. Chettle, you need to die. We don't believe the doctor's report. We believe the Word of God. The Word of God says, lay your hands upon the sick, they will recover. She's alive. I'm here today because of the prayers of my praying mum. It's amazing. So I I would be laying my hands and had a lot of people praying. They couldn't come into the hospital because of COVID and all the rest of it. It was a dark time. But you see, when we're in those dark places, He still moves. He still wants to use you. Even though sometimes you don't feel like it, He still wants to come in and wrap His arms around you and use you to be the light of the world. And it was a Sunday night and um, I was in bed and in the hospital ward and I was in a lot of pain. Um, 
and I had a, you know, I had a drip in my arm. I had a, my temperature was super high. They had fans on me. It was, it was pretty hectic. And Holy Ghost spoke to me so clearly. He said, get up. Get up. And you see, the last thing I wanted to do was get up. Because I was in so much pain. I didn't want to get up, so I, I kind of did some negotiating with God. Do you ever do that? Do you negotiate with God? Why well, do? Only me, okay. I, I said, well, Lord, could I, could I watch your full Bethel service from start, the worship, the whole thing goes for an hour and a half. Could I watch the whole thing and then I don't need to get up? And I kind of thought he was, yep, sweet. He kind of wasn't. Because after an hour and a half of watching Bethel, he said, get up. And he kept saying to me, get up. And I didn't want to get up because it, it was really uncomfortable. It really was a lot of pain. So I start struggling. I go, oh. So I get out of bed and I'm walking into the, into the corridor and I've got my drip in that with me. And I'm standing in the middle of the corridor. And I said, now what? And you know, the nurses are looking going, oh my goodness, he's there talking to himself in the corridor, that's not good. And I just felt the Lord say, just keep walking. And I got my trolley and I'm walking. I don't feel like doing this. It's uncomfortable. See, because if our Christian life is always based on comfort, we don't need the comforter. And as I walk past this room, I just look in and I see this elderly gentleman looking out the window and I thought, oh, I'll go and say hi. So I just walked over and said, hey, bro, how are you doing? He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. I said, you don't sound all right. What's going on? He said, well, I've just heard today, today, that the surgeon can't do anything more and they've said that my time's up. And I went, bro, I'm the right person right now to talk to you. I was sitting in my bed in a lot of pain and I felt God tell me to get up and he said I don't believe in that God stuff I'm not religious I said bro oh my goodness look at me do I look religious I'm not religious either but I was a drug addict who met Jesus and he changed my whole life and that same Jesus loves you died for you and I'm actually saying this to you today. There's people in the room today and God is saying to you today, get up. He's saying, get up. But are you too comfortable? Is everything nice and cushy? Has compromise come in? And when you hear the words, get up, you go, well, it's kind of cool the way it is. Do you know the Bible says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. I've never heard a dead person complain. I've never heard a dead person gossip. So I start sharing with this beautiful gentleman, Steve, and just start telling him my story. And I said, can I have your hand? I didn't ask to pray for him. I said, bro, can I have your hand? He gave me his hand, just like this. And I said, Jesus, touch him right now. Because I believe that God lives in me just like He lives in you. And I could feel that God was touching him. He starts tearing up. And I said, bro, this is what the cross looks like. If we can... It's up. Amazing. You guys are onto it. I explained that picture. And I said, Steve, 
What are you going to do with Jesus? He said, I want Jesus. I want peace. And I said, man, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. There's no magical words. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised Him up from the dead, you will be saved. Like seriously, what do you think you're saved from? What do you think you're saved from? You're not saved from yourself. You're not saved from this or that. You're saved from eternal hell. You're saved from the fire of hell. That is the truth. That's why the King took our sin. Do you know the scariest verse in the Bible for me? It describes hell as separated from God. Eternity is a long time, man. Eternity is a wrong thing to be wrong about. And that night in that room as Steve received Jesus as his personal Saviour, it was so beautiful, even though it was uncomfortable, even though I had to push through, even though I didn't want to, even though I was negotiating with God how to get out of it, He wanted me to go after the One. And He wants you to go after the One. Or maybe you're in here today and you are the one. Today is your day. Maybe you're one of the ones in here. One of the three that I, when we had a team meeting in the beginning of the service, maybe you're one of the three. And today is your day. I tell you, if pride can kick an archangel out of heaven, what on earth could pride do inside of a broken human? Don't let pride today distract you. You may be feeling a bit uncomfortable right now. That's okay. It's actually called conviction. Today is your day. There's too many people, man, that think they're all good. They think Jesus is all sweet with a bit of weed. Having a bit of sex with my girlfriend and because I'm just kind of showing her I love her. Bit of drinking bit of swearing. It's not okay. Sin actually separates us from God because the guilt that is tied up with sin pushes us away from Him. It doesn't mean He walks away from us. The guilt pushes us away from Him. But today you can be free. Today you can be free. The Bible says who the Son sets free is free indeed. He's a miracle working God. My friend Michael, right up here, quick, 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 quick. I just want you to see this man. You wanna, you, you wanna see a miracle before you give your whole life to Jesus? This is a miracle right here. This is a miracle right here. Thanks, man. See, he, I've known him for about six, seven years. For four of those years, he didn't like me. His wife would do all my media stuff. She created that slide, all my slides, all my books. His wife's amazing. She loves Jesus. But you see, Michael was shooting heroin every single day, three times a day. And going to church and lifting up hands, but just so broken. Done nine rehabs, nine. I'm not dishing rehabs either, FYI. Nine rehabs, two mental institutions. One prayer, one day changed that man's life. One prayer. That's the power of the gospel. 
That's the power of Jesus. That's that supernatural love. That's the love that I was searching for my whole life. And it was one kiss 25 years ago in your country that changed everything. So if that can happen to me, why can't that happen to you this morning? Praise God. Great timing. So that means I've got two minutes left. So here we go. One of Jesus' friends handed him over for a bag of coins. Stay with me. If your heart's starting to race, you're gonna have an opportunity to respond. I don't do eyes closed and hands up, that's just me. If my king hung naked for six hours on a cross and you're too scared to respond because you're worried about what people will think, maybe it's not your time. Because I don't wanna create these half-baked Christians that kind of give it a go. You're in or you're out. The success of a minister's preach is not the altar call, for goodness sake. It's not how many people respond. You've got free will. You can walk out here exactly the same or you can walk up here and put all that junk on the altar. It's up to you. They caught him. They arrested him. They tied him to a pole and they started whipping him. By his stripes, we're healed. They put a crown of thorns over his head. You can have a mind that is renewed. They spat in his face. Men, you get this. People were ripping out his beard. Chunks of his beard. Could you imagine what that would feel like? Strangers were spitting in his face. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He took Barabbas' cross, man. But he also took your cross. And he took my cross. They stretched his arms out. They got these nine inch nails and they slammed them through his hands. They chopped his feet together. This is what perfect love looks like. They put a rope around that cross and they lifted it up. The Bible says, as he be lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. King Jesus died that day. As you all know, He rose from the dead. You're doing awesome. He appeared to one, to two, to 10. The Bible says He appeared the resurrected King to over 500. 25 years ago in your country, He appeared to me. So here's the day, here's the deal. Today is your day. I'm gonna count down from 10. And if you need to get right with God, maybe you've never given Him your whole life. Maybe you're just one that's given Him your heart. He doesn't just want your heart. He wants your whole life. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.